Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. It's Massey, and this is a little different. We actually have our new... Uh, uh, we're doing an interview today. We'll put it that way. Um, this is Sue Trombino. She's the, the head of WIN, Women Impacting the Nation. And uh, it's womenimpactingthenation.org. Am I correct? That is correct. That's correct, yes. And so what we're doing is we're, this is the first, actually, interview we've done on, on Self-Evident, which is exciting because, like, our whole thing is, look, I don't care if you agree with us or disagree with us. We don't care if you dislike it, if you comment negatively, which people have done already, which is fine. Um, but what we care about is the truth. And uh, that, that's kind of the mission statement of, of WIN. And I want you to tell people what WIN's all about and why you're here. Now, before she goes on, Sue is one of three women that I will drop anything to do for. So she, she holds a special place in my heart, my family's heart. Um, I'm just so honored that she supports us as a ministry. More importantly, she's just been a great friend, a mentor, uh, if, if I can be so bold to say almost a mother, because she's leading us uh, and, and helping us see the next steps of self-evident and what we're doing is we go out and speak and now we're doing the podcast just to see the courage and tenacity um, inspires me because it's always like, man, I think I'm doing too much. And I look at Sue, it's like, man, I ain't doing enough. This, this, this lady's a boss, man. So um, thank you, Sue, for coming on to, to self-evident. And uh, I'm stoked. This is our first interview. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. Well, I thank you for having me here today, Massey, and I think you went a little bit. Uh, I'm, of course, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous because you put me <laughs> up here, and I'm going to really disappoint. No, <laughs> no, you'll see. Once she starts going, it's like putting a quarter in her. You ain't going to stop her. Um, so, could you tell everybody out here in TV land or podcast land what wins about what the mission statement is? Why you decided to form it? Start from the early and on, and then kind of give us your history on. Well, we'll go on to that, but just what's WIN about? Well, what we do, Massey, uh, is we educate and equip women and men with knowledge of God's truth about our faith, our families, and our freedoms, and then we help support those who take a stand for the Judeo-Christian uh, principles upon which our country was founded. And um, I, I like to say that I, I like to stir the pot, and I, get, I like to get you to think, because, you know, we have become a nation of non-thinkers, and Karl Marx said a nation of non-thinkers is easily led. So uh, we do talk about truth and facts, not emotion or conjecture. Amen. And, you know, everybody has their opinion. Sure. Um, and you're entitled to your opinion. You're just not entitled to your own facts. So um, I do like to, what we do at WIN is we have uh, what's called WIN Talks, and they're like book clubs, if you want to call that a very simple term. But we have uh, groups of men and women around the country that get together for about an hour and 20 minutes, and they read the books that we have them, uh, that we have for them. And uh, we have three series of books. There's seven books in each series. And we, uh, I call them potty books. I should have brought some to show you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but you I know what them, that means, right? Um, well, not really. It's, it's just funny. I just use that term. It's not, uh, you know, what most people think. But it's just the reason I say a potty book, because... Um, if you, uh, if I gave you David Barton from Wall Builders' original intent, which is about this thick, <laughs> uh, people would look at you and go, "I don't, I, you know, I might like you. I like what you're saying, but I don't have time to read that." So um, we, only because of, of the Lord, we really have an amazing set of books that we uh, educate you on. Yep. So when people get together, they meet for an hour and twenty minutes, yep. twice a month, and uh, we start everything with a prayer, a pledge, and a praise. And um, and then everybody reads the book in the order that we give them to you. Um, you read it together, and then we give you a synopsis of the book, and then we 
give you questions. And they're very simple questions because we really want this to be duplicatable. We don't want somebody, you know, a lot of uh, people are intimidated by maybe BSF because, I mean, I don't know anything and I don't want to, you know, they feel like they don't know anything. So I want it to be very, very simple so that all you're doing is reading the book together and then there's questions. And what did you get out of that? Well, you know, you read three or four pages and then you say, okay, how do we... um, you know, what did you get out of that? Yep. So, um, so as you read the books, we start with like a Take Back America by Matt Staver, and we use all the the different. Um, who, who is Matt Staver? Matt Staver's with Liberty Council, so you can go to lc.org, and he's one of the top constitutional attorneys in this country. He's the bomb. He really is amazing, and uh, so we have a book called Take Back America. It's an amazing book, and uh, and when you buy it, you're not only supporting. Um, obviously win with that, but you're supporting Liberty Council and you're being a good steward of of your money because mm-hmm. you're putting it towards um, somebody that's really in the know with our judicial system and, and really saving and out there um, just saving our, our freedoms. Yeah, because saving our he's, republic. Uh, he's saving our republic, exactly. And so, um, so the book is called Take Back America. Yep. Then we go into... Uh, David Barton from Wall Builders, who's an amazing, he's the the foremost Christian historian in this country, owns thousands upon thousands of original documents of our founding fathers. Right. And um, I believe it's wallbuilders.org or .com. .com, yeah. But um, it's America's Godly Heritage and then Keys to Good Government. So by the time you finish those three books... You will know that you know that you know we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. That's exactly right. So again, right. we're talking to you about truth and, and facts. And, 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 and so a lot of people, when you're, when you're reading those three books, people, a lot of women will say, and men will say, geez, I, I didn't know that there was no such thing as separation of church and state. That's so right. you're learning, again, the truth. <laughs> and awesome. uh, because something has been told something over and over and over and again enough times, people tend to believe it. Well, obviously, we know that that's not truth. So uh, then I give you a little bit of a break, and uh, I give you an incredible uh, economics book by Bob McEwen. Bob McEwen is an amazing man. He was a a congressman, I believe, for eight years in Ohio. He was on the first um, intelligence committee for Reagan and first Bush. Yeah. And uh, he is uh, head of, uh, I think he's part of CNP now, which is the conservative network. Uh, Is it a political network? No, it's not uh, political. It's, um, oh, I can't think of it. Anyway. I'll think of it in a minute, but um, anyway, Bob, to go to that. Bob McEwen, yes, he. It's an amazing uh, group to just go and listen to yeah. to different group people that are really uh, in the background, even in the forefront, but just standing for our republic. But uh, Bob McEwen's uh, book called "Politics Easy as Pie," uh, P is for politics, I is for integrity, and E is for economics, and it is one of the best economics books you'll you'll read. It's very, very simple. I, that's how I homeschooled our son, Michael, uh, with all of these books. And he, you know, at sixth grade, he understood what economics was. So that's an incredible book. And then I go to a phenomenal book called God is the Issue. Because God, with all of this, God is the issue. And what does God say? And it's by Brad Bright. On that note, you know, m- millions of Christians just voted. Millions, right? Mm-hmm. All over the country. Because I want you to kind of like go into detail with this. Because I, the, the one thing I want is hope. And a lot of people find this hopelessness sometimes. And like, I see God setting up victory. I mean, what he's doing is mobilizing. Mm-hmm. And it's good. Because didn't you say something to me yesterday 
about how he the, the, the seats were only lost by, you know, he only lost, the, the conservatives only lost 23 seats in the House, mm-hmm. right? I think 27. Was it 27 total? I, I thought it was 23. I like, pulled up an article. It? Oh, yeah. is it? 20? Okay. Yeah, and so. they, you know, they were still waiting for the Georgia oh, well, race. Oh, maybe that's stuff. why. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. Why. Okay. Um, but if you think about it, and I could be wrong, so, so don't quote me on that, but it was, you know, 20-something. Mm-hmm. Um, millions of Christians voted. Why is God the issue? Because there's a lot of millions of Christians that voted who voted non-conservatively. They voted for Demo- you know, the Democrats, or they voted, and you know, this show, I'm not, a, I'm not either of those sides. I, I just want the truth, right? Mm-hmm. But I do support conservatives. I do support some of the things that uh, President Trump is doing. Actually, a lot of the things. I do support Republican candidates, right? Because it's closely aligned to my values. What can you say about God being the issue to those voters? Well, number one is we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles. If you want God to bless you, then you have to what does he say? What you, you do what he says. We not we don't, you know, and your vote is a seed, and you will reap what you sow. Bam. Did you guys catch that? Say that again. Your vote is a seed, and we will reap what we sow. So, you know. Did anyone else get that? Whew. So okay. that, that's, a, that's huge. That's always, and, you know, it's really anymore as, as Christians. And I'm an out-of-the-closet, card-carrying, unashamed Christian, number one. She's packing, too. Okay. <laughs> number two is I'm a conservative. I'm a Frederick Douglass Republican. Yes, ma'am. And I'm all in for Israel. So that's who I am. So let's talk about those kind of things. And if somebody wants to talk about something different, that's fine. But this is where I come from, is on the, the foundation to those four things. So I look at what does God say? This is no longer about the donkey or the elephant. And that's what I talk to Christians about. It's really about the lamb. Mm-hmm. What does God say? And God, I believe, and I may be wrong too, but I believe that God has non-negotiables. And there's three non-negotiables in his eyes. And that is life. You know, he breathed life into Adam. You know, you go into the Constitution, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Amen. So nothing starts until you have life. That's right. So you have life, then marriage between a man and a woman. Now, um, you know, God made Adam and Eve. Now, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. And <laughs> you, you can, can cut say this what out. you want. But he didn't make Adam and Steve. Now, it doesn't mean we don't love, you know, the sinner and the people that do things that are not in line with God's, but he right. made Adam and Eve. And then he says, go out and multiply. Well, how do you multiply with two plugs and two sockets? It's not possible. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I'm just going to be real here with you. Just you know? be real. This is good. So, but, um, but seriously, so we have life. We have marriage between a man and a woman, a biological man and a biological woman, and then Israel. God Which says, are scriptural. It is, this is all scriptural. Yeah. So I can't, you know, so you can disagree with me, and that's fine, but let's talk about truth. You know, again, from a biblical perspective, what does God say? And Israel, because God says those who bless Israel will be blessed and those who curse Israel will be cursed. And I believe that, you know, God has had his hand of providence over America um, and he's holding on to three, there was three strands. Well, we've taken out life, abortion, 60 million, you know, babies are being murdered, have been murdered. Then you have the marriage when you had five people telling the country what they felt was and what was right in their own eyes. Which is an oligarchy. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. So now what's holding on to America is Israel. And what President Trump did, he's the only president that's ever done what he said he's going to do, you know, and moving the embassy to the capital. Because every country on the face of the planet 
has their embassy in the capital of that country, except for Israel. Except one thing, the ICEJ. We have always, the, that's the International Christian Embassy Jerusalem. That is the only embassy that has always been in, our, in the capital, and that was our embassy, the Christian embassy, Yeah, that, which is amazing. And that's an independent thing, right? And it's that's not an a... independent thing, yes. <clears throat> yeah. mm-hmm. so but it's been awesome. So. When, when you're talking this way, because, I mean, it's, I, I don't know how to say it any way different than I'm, I'm going to say it. You're, nobody can disagree God doesn't have, God has non-negotiables. When he gave commandments, just, and a lot of people do this. Well, Jesus came on the scene, those commandments don't matter anymore. False. They're, it's still wrong. It's still sin to lie. It's still sin to kill. It's still sin to steal, you know, because of that, right? Why do you think Christians still vote contrary to scripture and still feel justified about it? Well, I think they're deceived. They really haven't, have they really read the word? I don't know. But your, your, you know, your, your choices in life become consequences or blessings. You have to look at your life and go, well, why am I don't feel that I'm being blessed? Or why is our country in the mess that we're in? Well, there are supposedly 60 million plus evangelical Christians. In the last election, it'll be very interesting to see for this election, which we probably won't know for another year and a half or two, maybe two years. But in, from the last election, 25 million Christians were still not even registered to vote. And 15 million that were registered did not even vote. So again, your vote is a seed, you will reap what you sow. And the Lord says, we are to be a good steward of what he's given us. And then he says, occupy till I come. Yeah. Well, why are why is there so many things going wrong? If you talk to anybody, everybody, I don't know anybody that thinks that we're going in the right direction. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's an argument I've had with a lot of, and I don't want to say argument, what, what I mean is debate, I guess, and I don't <laughs> even like debates. Because um, everybody tries to agree to disagree, and I, I, I don't see that form of like, what was the point of talking then? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There mm-hmm. was no change. There was mm-hmm. no nobody was illuminated, mm-hmm. right? Um, I asked a lawyer once, and she was very liberal, and I said, "So, can you tell me, have we gotten more moral as a society or less moral as a society?" And she walked away from my table. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't deny that the the more we forget God. Because, you know, everybody reads that psalm and everybody quotes it, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. But notice it says blessed is the nation, not blessed is the government. Mm -hmm. It's the people, Mm -hmm. the republic. Like we took our, we derived a lot of what we have here from the Republic of Israel, you know, and most people don't know that. Washington, these guys, they knew scripture. So they were deriving a lot of this from the Hebrew Republic, which God commanded the people to be righteous. And if the people weren't righteous, you would have an evil king. That's why we have the Book of Kings, you know, 40 years of good, 40 years of bad, 20 years of good, 40 years of bad. You know, how much, how much emphasis, because I like you, you're doing these tours on, on this bus, and we're going to talk about that in a second. How much emphasis now are you putting more on the people, not on the leadership? Well, it has to start with the people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the Lord and the Lord does say if in Second Chronicles 714, he says, if my people, he didn't say if the people when, OK, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. So I think we've just become very to answer your question before, Massey, I think 
in my humble opinion, we have, we've lost our way. We've become very self-absorbed. Everything is self-centered, selfies, self, I mean, everything is, it's me, me, me. What can you do for me? You don't agree with me. Well, too bad. I'm just going to, you know, we're kind of like the throwaway mentality. It's like, oh, I'm just going to dump you instead of, okay, again, what does God say? And it's hard to, to swallow your pride. It's hard to humble yourself because you're wrong. You know, when you're wrong and people don't like to be wrong. Well, um, I think that number one is we as Christians need to watch our words. Words matter. And so we've we've lost the narrative, in yep. my humble opinion. I totally agree. Because it's like, let's take a couple of things. One is Christians go, are you pro-life or are you pro-choice? Well, we should never say that. We should be saying, are you pro-life? Call it what it is, pro-abortion. Pro-death, yeah. Cho- and a pro-death. Um, you have a choice to either give life or to take away life. There is no in-between. It's like asking a woman that's, that's pregnant, are you pregnant? Well, you either are or you're not. I mean, there is no in-between. So, so how would you answer then? Because like, think about it, right? Feminism is, is a big thing. And I believe you're one, of the, you're one of the best feminist representatives. But I'm not saying you're a feminist. What I'm saying is you as a female stand for everything that the feminist movement stands against, you know, with like pro-life and, and, and pro-Israel. And, you know, you're not this big thing on like, how do I say, you're more of a pioneer. A lot of women are starting to come out in the conservative sector and like, hey, they're pioneering a real woman's movement under God. How do you translate that? Everything that you're saying to all these women who are like, but I have rights to kill my baby. I have rights to do this. I have rights. How can you as a woman stand against what they're saying? Well, first of all, I would ask, well, what does feminist mean? I mean, I don't think people really understand what words mean. And they just say words. They, they, just, they just regurgitate what everybody it's else tags. has said. Yeah. It's just tags. It's like, well, what does that mean to you? They cannot articulate what that means. So you want to call me a feminist? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a fem. I'm I'm. You know, I'm a, I'm not a male. I'm a female, <laughs> I think. You know, unless I want to lower my voice down. But, uh, um, but, um, but really, what do words mean? So I think when somebody says that, I, I'd like to turn it around. We need to turn it around. Go well. What does that mean to you? Yep. That way, you're not. You don't want to. You know, you don't want to smash people. You know, you want to be able to number. Well, there's a couple things here, Massey. One is, you have to know what you believe and why you believe it before you can move forward to have a really good understanding. And I think that's what happens within the Christian realm is that most people don't know why they believe the way they believe. That's why they don't want to, they, they know what they believe, but they don't know how to articulate. Right. And they stand back and they go, geez, the other side sounds like they know what they're talking about. And I, I don't know what to say and I don't know how to say it. I find that's why people get upset more because mm-hmm. they don't know how to mm-hmm. articulate. So they get upset mm-hmm. because they don't know how to answer. Most people that do know how to answer, they're very calm. Mm-hmm. They're very patient, mm-hmm. which is what you present. Well, what are the two subjects people don't like to talk about the most? Religion and politics. Politics and religion. There which is are so not inseparable. One, not one time if I, since I started this in 2005 have I ever gotten a different answer. I t- I've talked all over in big groups and small groups, and I asked that question. What are the two subjects people don't like to talk about the most? And inevitably, everybody says politics and religion. I go, why is that? I get every answer. Oh, people get angry, and people, you know, they, uh, you know, it's upsetting to them. They, whatever the reason is. But I go, but why? Why do you get angry? And they, they just they keep coming up, and I'll go, but why? 
the bottom line is the, the real, the core to that is because they don't know why they believe the way they believe and they don't want to sound totally ignorant. Totally right. That's it. Because if you know why you believe the way you believe, why shouldn't you be able to talk about it? That's exactly it. You know, now we can agree to disagree if you want to say that. But the only reason, you know, and then we step back and we're allowing them to be able to say things. Why can you say something but I can't just because right. you disagree with me? So um, that's, but again, that's, we ask three questions at when, you know, when I'm in a group, I'll say, why are you here? 15 seconds or less. Why are you really here to try to engage them and to make it personal? I don't want it to be about me. This isn't about me. So, but when I engage them now, then I say, what is important to you? Not to the person, you know, not to your spouse, your best friend, your neighbors, your kids, but what is important to you? And then the third question is, why do you believe the way you believe? Now, I believe it was um, Josh McDowell that took a hundred pastors and said, why are you a pastor and why are you a Christian? Half of them couldn't tell him. Unbelievable. And but but you go around, ask people. You know what? Just just ask questions. People cannot articulate what they really believe, and that I think is the scary thing. And then once you, and that's what what I really love about what we're doing at Win, is because when you find out what's your passion, what floats your boat, then you can point people into the direction of where God has called them to go. Exactly. Instead right. of me telling you all the time, oh my gosh, you got to get involved in this pro life thing, and you're like, well, gosh, I am pro life, but. That's really not what floats my boat. But you're coming along with me because you maybe like me or you don't want to say no because you're, you know, you're codependent or whatever. No, no, no. And next thing you know, you get burnt out and then you don't even like to see me coming because it's like, gosh, all that she talks about is pro-life. But if I ask you what's important to you, Massey, and you say, well, the Constitution's important to me or, you know, and I'll say, oh, gosh, do you know Bill Federer with the American Minute? We're going to get him on here, too. That guy's amazing. He's amazing. And so, but I point you into the direction of what, you know, God has really called you to do so that you can, you're not, you know, you don't get um, tired as easy. We don't grow weary because we're doing what God has really called us to do. I love that because, like, too, you're pointing them into the direction of the Lord, you know, instead of, like, my opinion, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Who's going to argue with God if you believe in God? (laughs) He wrote the Bible, He's the one that set this whole thing in order, right? Mm-hmm. And ironically, men do a great job of perverting what he's given. You know, we try to figure out a new method or a new way to try to do what God already can do and wants to do, right? He wants us to just get on our knees and submit to him, and he'll tell us what to do. And so so many times I think, and, I, and I've been guilty of this, you get so caught up in doing instead of just being and being who we're supposed to be in Christ, being a light on society. You know, I, I go to colleges, I, I go speak at, at, at places, schools, all these things. If you can point them to God, what are they going to say? The only thing they're going to say, well, that's faith. Well, so is yours. You know, where did you get your answers from? Mm-hmm. All of that comes down to a belief, right? Now, where they believe is where I think it goes wrong, right? Um, bottom line is every man thinks he's right in his own eyes, Psalm says, the psalmist said. Every person thinks that they're God, you know, that's, that's not of the Lord. They mm-hmm. think they're God. Mm-hmm. And you can prove that by saying, well, it doesn't matter what you think. That's what I believe. You're God. Mm-hmm. You know, you've gone above and beyond what God has told us to do in his design. You know, so I think um, kind of one of the directions I wanted to go with this too, because guys, you could, we could sit here and talk about the, the ills, I think. And we do, and I think it's important to talk about it. But you're so good at bringing hope to these situations. 
do you see the diamonds instead of the coal? I've always said that. You know, the conservatives lost a part of this election. I don't think it's a big deal. I never get caught up in it anymore. I see a lot of hope in it. Um, where people see darkness, I see light. I see where the Bible says in Romans when it says, where sin abounds, grace does much more. So we should be praying into the grace, not against the sin. You know, mm-hmm. We should be praying into the grace for the power to overcome that stuff mm-hmm. out there in the world because we're supposed to be the light. Give some people some hope here. What are they clinging to? Because a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, we lost the house, blah, blah, blah. Well, first of all, you have to look at the bigger picture. You know, what are you focusing on? You know, are you focusing? You know, it, now it doesn't matter. You know, everybody has those moments where they kind of tend to, because Satan's going to try to get into sure. your weakness and pull you over there. But you have to make a concerted effort to get back onto, all right, Lord, even if you can only say the name of Jesus, that's all. If that's all you have, that's it. That's all. And that's that's everything you need. And uh, but I think, you know, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I was born in Venezuela and Caracas, so I have a lot of Latin in me. But and I could get very upset years ago because people I just felt that, you know, especially in the political realm. But for some reason, God took that out of me. I don't get as angry anymore because I know that God really is in control. Not me now. Again, I think we talked about it earlier, uh, Massey, that, you know, duty is ours, results are God's. That's if John I Quincy. Do, John if Quincy I, Adams said that. Uh, that's awesome. So if I do, um, I don't want to be, and I told people this for the last hundred days, I said, on November 7th, are you going to be a could have, would have, should have type of person? <laughs> you know, I mean, I, do, I that's did that. That's real. That's real. You know, are you, I mean... So I used to do that with my son. He played sports. I go, do you really want this? Do you really want this? You I mean, you look at your goal. Do you really want it? Well, then you're going to either do whatever it takes to get there, um, or you're going to, you think it's just going to come by osmosis. You're not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, name the, the profession. You're not going to get there if you're not willing to do the things that you, you need to do the things that you're, that you're, um, let's see, how do I put it this? I said, are you willing to do the things that you don't want to do to get the things that you want? And that's, that's the key. Ask that again. Are you willing to do the things that you don't want to do to get the things that you want? Is everybody hearing that? I want to stay on that for a second. In a generation that wants everything, I'm not saying they're all like this, but it is a it is a pretty impactful sight when you go to a college and everybody's like got their safe spaces and the in the political correctness and the easy path and why don't I have a job because there's nothing for lesbian gender theory, you know what I mean? So it's, you know, that question resounds constantly for me. Am I willing to lay down my life to get life from God? Am I willing to lay down my life from a brother? to see this nation change. Is it truly your calling Mm -hmm. to see this nation change? You'll know by how much you lay down your life. You'll know it Mm -hmm. because it's never, it's never been about, I I say this a lot. When I became a Christian, my life was over. I don't have a life. It is now his, it's his will. It's his duty. Now here's the cool thing. As I do his will and his business, he takes care of my business. He lets me enjoy things. He lets me enjoy my family. He lets me enjoy my, 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 my living situation, my cars, all these things. It's not a bad thing, but my heart isn't attached to those things. It's attached to how's that dude next week that's going to come to church 
who's just lost his wife because of drug addiction. What can we do to help him? This election, how do you give people hope through loss, right? And the one thing I'm, I'm kind of excited about was there's no riots today. There was when Trump got elected. I'm excited to say that we got to stay classy, folks. You know, we got to stay classy. That whole thing that you just said gives me, as, as funny as it sounds, death gives me hope. The more I die, the more hope I have in Christ for him to do what he's called me to do. If I can die, he's going to move. He's going to have the power to move on me. You've given me an understanding in just that sentence. Are you willing to do the things you don't want to do to get the things that you want? And what do you want? Is it God's desire? You know. Well, within the rules, there is more freedom. Listen to this. Well, you know what? What they're trying to do is take out all the lines of I-95 out and expect there not to be chaos. You can't just, you know, I, just because I'm from Venezuela doesn't mean I can go through a red light just because I feel like it. <laughs> that's know? right. That's right. I mean, people do that, but it doesn't mean it's right. So, and then you wonder there's consequences. You know, there's your choices in life become consequences or blessings. You know, but I think we... We have to, as, especially as parents, and I, I mean, I can kind of walk my walk here and not just talk it, but with my son, you know, he wanted, he was very good in baseball, and he played every position, and so he had to have a first baseman's glove and an outfielder's glove and a catcher's glove and a shortstop glove and a whatever. Well, he wanted this particular glove one time, and it was like $385. And um, he's like, well, I need a glove. I go, Okay. <laughs> And what's your point? You know, uh, go 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 get a job. Go work for it. Oh, but we live in Boca. You know, so and so has a glove, and I go, well, great. Well, God didn't put you in this in that family. He put you in this family. So go work. And and guess what? He went to Kilwins. He got an, a job, and he bought his own glove. On this show, we always do a moment of silence for Kilwins. Forgive me. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but, that's awesome ice cream, by the what, way. What kind of ice cream do you like? What is your favorite? The coffee. Oh, the coffee ice cream? Okay. Anyway, so, uh, but yeah, he worked at Kilwins, and he, but he earned the money for that glove. Now, you know, we don't try to keep up with the Joneses. I can't afford to keep up with the Joneses. But what are we teaching? I think sometimes we teach our kids, and, and we're doing this in our society, is just keep giving, giving. And there is no sense of pride. There is no sense of worth when you keep giving. Now, as a parent, do I want to give everything to my son? Sure, I do. But, and I will be there for him for everything. And just like any, like anybody. But if I don't teach him, you know, I mean, if you teach, it's just the old adage, you know, there's not a cliche, but if you teach somebody how to fish, then they will eat for a lifetime. If I keep giving you fish, then it's like you're, you know, you're, it's like, uh, what's the book called? It was an old book. It's called uh, Who Moved My Cheese. Did you ever remember that book? No. It's a great book. It's a, it's a small potty book. I can only read potty books, sorry. Uh, but it's called Who Moved My Cheese. It's incredible. And, uh, <clears throat> but we just have to, we just have to start to, you know, teach. Uh, are we teaching respect? Are we teaching integrity? Are we teaching character? Are we teaching, but not being a character, but how are we teaching character? <laughs> but, what, but what do those words mean? We're, we've lost the words. We've lost what the meaning of words are. And I think our kids want that. They want, I mean, I, when I taught, I used to, you know, teach and, and I had a camp of uh, 400 kids. And um, I was really tough with them. But do you know how many of them 
came up to me. I mean, years afterwards, they they were always wanting to be around me. Yes, was I tough? Was I what they thought I was mean at the first? You know, absolutely. But they had more respect. They had more respect for themselves. I mean, my dad. My dad was a First Marine Division Guadalcanal. He was a tough cookie, and it would be like, Dad, may I? No. You know, if I wanted, you know, if I wanted a dollar, I'd have to ask for twenty, and I maybe got fifty cents. Um, but he knew, you know, the the you know that I don't just give somebody something because then you don't you don't earn it. You don't, you know, it doesn't mean anything. And but I remember at thirty three years old, sitting on the stoop, um, in um, in Highland Beach with my dad, and I thanked my dad for being tough. Back to the point, though. So you thank your father for, for being so hard on you and so tough in a nation that tough is now seen as aggressive, you know, microaggressions and all these things and these terms. And, and you've brought this up before because we're going to go into hope back. But we were talking before about words matter and life and death. You'll know something about Sue. You hang around her long enough, there's something called Sue-isms. And the reason I say that is because it's a constant, right? So here's an example. I was just at their house a couple weeks ago. We were up in North Carolina, and it was really awesome. God let me rest there. And, and uh, I said something like, man, I, I hate being such an idiot sometimes. And she right away, like, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, you know, to some of you, that may seem ridiculous, but it's not. Because how you speak is how you view yourself in your heart. You know, if all you do is speak death and negative and, ah, here we go again, that's where your heart is. That's the condition of the heart. That's an issue of the heart. If you have life in Christ, I had never saw him say that. I never saw him tell his disciples, you morons. You know, he spoke life into them. He gave them life, right? And I kind of want you to go on that tangent a little bit. Life and death are in the power Mm -hmm. of the tongue. Well, I mean, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in your heart? And so if we can get back to... You know, we can either be um, um, construction workers or demolitioners. We can be balcony people or we can be basement people. You can, you know, uh, lift people up or, you know, I can chew you up and spit you out if I wanted to. (laughs) You know, but I mean, because I can, because I'm vile in my heart, because we are, not one of us is good. Only through Christ have we changed and are we, you know, are we born again anew and a new creation. But, um, but yeah, I was going with my dad. I was, I'm, I don't talk about my dad too, too often because I was, because I know a lot of people have not had good fathers, but we have an amazing Abba. We have an amazing heavenly father, but my father, I was beyond blessed. A lot of times I do say, and I, I normally don't say this on air or anything like this, but I asked God, why did you bless me so? Because I had an amazing dad. And yes, he was a tough cookie, but his word meant something. His, he used to say to me, tu palabra, tu palabra. Your word is your word. And that's the only thing you have is what, you know, you can take away, the government can take away your house, somebody can, you know, you can lose everything, but you can't lose your soul, you know. I mean, integrity. Integrity, character. And my dad was a man of very few words. I got all those genes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I told you, put a quarter in her dude. She ain't gonna um, stop. But um, uh, but he really was a man of integrity, and uh, he used to be part of the, the the turtle program in Highland Beach. And there was a gal, and she said this at his memorial service about how she was trying to uh, just be real negative about somebody, and he would not allow that. He just kind of changed the subject and went. And in fifty three years. When my dad died, I was 53. I won't tell you how long ago that was because I'm a lot older now. <laughs> but 
in 53 years, I can honestly say to you, I never heard my father say a negative word about anybody. And I'm not kidding. That's Take crazy. that in. And that's where, and I think, that's boy, crazy. I, it is. It, I've failed. I have failed miserably. But I'll, I'll admit, you know, but you know. he was my role model. And so um, he, he walked his walk. He didn't just talk the talk. He walked it. But he, again, you know, he carried, he's like, uh, kind of like E.F. Hutton. When my dad spoke, you listened because mm-hmm. he had something valuable to say. And so anyway, so going back to, but he, he, uh, he was a man of character, integrity, made us work for what we had. We couldn't just get away with it. He just didn't hand us something. And he didn't, uh, I mean, he, he saved his money. It's all the old-fashioned way of, you know, don't get into debt, don't do this, don't do that. And, man, I've been up there, down there, and all over the place. And I'm like, how did they do that? So yeah. I was just blessed with a mom and a dad that had real integrity, really raised the bar. I mean, we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. but, And I think we need to get a grasp of what we're pouring into our kids today. That right there is what I wanted to talk about with hope. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> where I find hope is this. It doesn't stop me from being Christ-like. The hope is this, and I'm going to read from Romans 5 real fast. It says this, um, uh, and, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. This is verse 3. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope. <laughs> Did you get that? So the tribulation brings forth patience. That patience breeds experience. And you're talking about your dad. This is why I want to go on this train. Where the hope is, he built through tribulation, patience, and he built from patience experience. He was able to teach you. From that experience, it builds hope. It builds hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Real hope isn't found in what man can do, the methods, the societies. Gosh darn it, I'm going to be honest here. Not even in a 241-year-old republic or 242-year-old republic, it is found in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. Just because something went wrong or something goes wrong in your family or you yourself or you got sick or whatever or you lost things or you went bankrupt, that does not matter. You still keep integrity because that breeds hope. When you have joy in the tribulation, it's not easy to do. I'm not saying it is because I've experienced it. Losing things, losing everything last year in the summer, all those things. What I see and hear from your, he comes from Venezuela, no, right? my, no, my I came from. I was born in. You Venezuela, were born in Venezuela. My father was from Northern Spain. Northern Spain, yeah, Bilbao. So, and we're going to get into this topic to, to end it out. This whole socialism thing, because you've experienced it, you've lived all over the world, and mm-hmm. and now you're here. You know, in America, in a republic, guys. By the way, not a democracy. And it's funny because she said even some of the a lot of the conservatives still say we're a democracy, mm-hmm. right? But the hope is this: it doesn't stop you from being righteous. Just because something doesn't go your way doesn't mean you get to act like a child. Exactly right. It is now on us to bring the hope. And you know what the hope is? Be a Christ-like child of God. Bring that experience, that patience, hope. Give people a reason to believe in your God. Give people a reason to. Don't let them blow your witness because you did something wrong or did so, or use your mouth foully like you're talking about. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Right? That's where hope is. Hope isn't in here. We're, this will burn. All of this will be gone one day. Whether Christ comes back or you die, it's going to leave. The legacy is what you just said about your father. You never heard him slander. His coworkers would say he was a Christian. The, the little suisms that he left you. Mm-hmm. 
It's the legacy that we leave behind. Can someone tarnish your character because of what you did? No, no. They may not agree with you, but they'll respect you. That's hope. Mm-hmm. That's hope. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, and people quote this a lot, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. That does not mean they're going to be saved. That means they will bow down because they respect the name of the Lord and what he's done. Even kings in the Old Testament did not agree and follow the Lord, but they respected God. Mm-hmm. That God that that dude serves, he's the real God. Mm-hmm. They may not have served him, but many kings had said that. Mm-hmm. Let them not have a chance to diss on your God. Give them hope, right? The hope is beyond this world. And when you can put that in your heart, it's, it's deeper than that. And I wanted to talk about... Can I say go something ahead, go about, ahead, do your uh, thing. Uh, about that too, though, uh, Massey, is that I think people are looking <clears throat> for people that their yes is their yes and their no is their no. And people don't feel safe anymore. And the way you feel safe is by your word has to mean something. You know, don't just say, oh, yeah, we're going to get together and then never get together. Or let's do coffee. Never call. Oh, I'm going to call you. Never call people. Or you make an appointment and then you cancel it. We as Christians need to raise the bar. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, don't say something unless you're willing to really go and do it. And I think, you know, again, that's what we kind of teach it when is, you know, let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. And that's why I felt safe with my father because I knew that his word meant something. So then I, I try to pass that on to my son and I think my son is getting it. He's 28 and he gets it. He knows. He's an entrepreneur now. I mean, just unbelievable. Even at 13 years old, I have to tell you, they were into the paintballing before and, and we, anyway, I won't get into the whole story, but I remember one of the mothers saying, man, my, my son said to me this morning, boy, when Michael says he's going to do something, he really does it. Yes, he does. And so that I think, I think when we as Christians need to raise raise the bar that way, yep. and so it goes back to uh, that's how you're going to get hope. That's where I know that people like I live in Boca. There's, uh, you know, we're the third largest Jewish community in the world, and a lot of them are Democrats. But a lot of them they look at me and they go, "Well, you know, I may not agree with everything you say, Sue, her. but I respect what you're doing." They know I'm going to come because I'm not going to be, I'm not playing the hokey pokey. That's right. Because I'm with one group, I'm in here. And then the other group, I'm over here. And then where are you? You know, then you don't feel good. It's almost like, again, within the rules, there is more freedom. That's right. And so, but I believe there's a lot of hope. And I think we need to look at the big picture of America. Yes, you, you know, anybody can take anything. You can take the Bible and pick and choose whatever you want. And that's what people do. And unless you know your Bible... You're not going to know whether somebody's saying something truth or not. It may sound good, but just because something sounds good does not mean it's so. It's good, yeah. Right? So when I say, when I tell people, if it sounds good, run the other way, <laughs> because it's usually not what really what it is. So, um, but right now with our with our country, um, you know, people, oh my gosh, well, well, let's go back to the Bible thing. So if somebody says, oh, money's a rule of all evil. Well, no, it's not. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. So what are we saying? And then, you know, people in our country will go, oh, my gosh, um, you know, oh, you know, Trump lost, you know, the 23, whatever. Well, let's see. Every other um, every other uh, president from Clinton. Clinton lost uh, like 50-something. 50-something. But then he also lost in the Senate. Uh, you know, uh, Bush lost uh, I think thirty something, mm-hmm. and he well, lost in the Senate. President uh, Obama, Obama lost. lost eighty, and he lost nine in the Senate. Well, 
Trump only lost 20-something, and, um, and he gained in the Senate. And, um, and people, you, you know, you have to look at the bigger picture instead of just, oh, what, you know, all his little tweets and, and all his little isms and everything else. Look at the bigger picture of where we are and how can I make a difference. And then when you see pockets, if you look at the whole, uh, if you want to go into the political realm, you look at the whole uh, map of the United States. Right. And some people are already going, oh, my gosh, you know, California's in the pits. I'm not going there. We're just, they're just lost. Well, what about if we thought about it a little differently? They're lost, so we need to go save them. I can tell you right now, there are people, there's a, a, a group, it's called Call to the Wall. Maureen Bravo is with Liberty Prayer Network. Since November 11th, 2016, they have had a prayer call 24-7, intercessors on every hour praying for this Listen country. They're going to welcoming the King of Glory in California, welcoming the King of Glory in Arizona, in Nevada, in all these different places. And if you see certain things, there are a lot of good things happening. But in the bigger picture, people tend to go, oh, we got to just dump them because they're not good. Right. We need to either, but we're either going to say, not on my watch, are we going to allow this to go, you know, um, you know, are we going to let California or all these other people go down the, by the wayside? Um, we have to stand. Duty is ours. Results are God's. If we occupy till he comes, uh, you know, we can only do that. We can, you know, again, are you going to be a could have, would have, should have? Are you going to just, oh, well, you know what? I don't have to go vote anymore. I don't have to. Now it's over with. Well, David Barton says that's the problem. The Christian goes, they'll vote, and then they go home. No, we're supposed to occupy. And he says, do not grow weary. Well, we tend to grow weary, and we tend to go look at the negative. And, but look at what we get to do. And we do live, and I will argue with anybody. Uh, I mean, not argue, but you know, we, can, <laughs> we can agree to disagree on this one. Yep. But uh, we, are, uh, we, are <clears throat> n- we are the greatest nation on the face of the planet. In history. In history, everything. <clears throat> now, we are not perfect, but we are exceptional. I dare anybody to go any place I've lived around the world, and I've lived pretty much all over the world. I've lived in Central, South America, Africa, Europe, you name it, and and visited Asia, um, and we are exceptional. I dare you to go live there. I believe every American should be made to live overseas for one year. <laughs> not in Paris, not in London, <laughs> not in Madrid. Go live where I've lived. You will come back here and kiss the ground you walk on. Again, we are not perfect, but we are exceptional. And we're the only system of government where the founders actually wrote that we can perfect the system of government over time through amendments, mm-hmm. where the people have a voice. The people are the ones in power. You know, that's why I don't understand scriptures when people use them like render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. Well, in America, you and I are the Caesar, not President Trump, mm-hmm. not Congress, not Senate. Matter of fact, the Bill of Rights were written for that reason because they can't touch life, liberty, property. Uh, due process. They can't touch those things. They wrote, they knew what they were writing because they had experienced tyranny under the King of England. But we're the only system of government still that guarantees the people to perfect government over time. So they knew, okay, we're not perfect right now. They knew slavery was a sin. They, they weren't ignorant to that. Yeah, there were some that had them. But for the most part, it was a sin, you know? And, and it, we could go on that tangent all, all, all week long. 
But you're talking about living overseas, and I, I kind of wanted to end it this way. What's so exceptional about the Republic? And remember Benjamin Franklin, he said that quote uh, about that woman that had asked him, and you can go on and, and use it, but um, you have lived overseas. You have seen socialism in work at work. Mm-hmm. We're in a Republic. This one young lady just won in, in New York, uh, Cortez, her last name is. She's a part of the Democratic Socialists of America. You knowing what that's like, talk about the Republic and the hope that's in the Republic. Well, if we can keep it. That's right? the quote. <laughs> if we oh, can. What was that woman walked up to Benjamin Franklin and said, so what kind of government do we have? He said a republic oh, if you can if keep it. If you can keep it, ma'am, madam, whatever. Um, but that's the thing is we have become, we are so dumbed down now. We don't know history anymore. And if you forget your history, then where are you going? You know, I mean, we, we don't know the Constitution. We don't know the Bill of Rights. No, I mean, people don't, even our Congress men and women, with all due respect, have not read the Constitution. And we mean that, all due and respect. And that, that they really have not. They haven't, that's why we're going down a path where we shouldn't be going. That's right. Because they haven't been there. They're just there for their gains. They're not even supposed to be in there. Look, Nelson, you know, he's been there for 45 years. That's insane. And then they don't change. And then they stay down a political, and it becomes political instead of serving the people. That's right. You know, because the Lord said we are here to, I've come to serve, not to be served. Amen. And so we have to have a, a servant attitude. But um, I can tell you, I, I'm, I will urge your, your listeners not to listen to the media. Amen. I mean, seriously, not even Fox News. I'm going to tell you that right now. They've gone more to the left. They think that they're getting they're becoming more popular, but they're not. They're, they're, they're blinded because look at the people that came out to, to vote in a midterm election. I mean, now we should have a hundred percent. We should be, it's a privilege to vote, but it's your duty, you know, to, to, to vote too. And, um, but we just need to, we need to get educated again on truth and facts, get our, get, go back into history and really learn our history and why, we have been the greatest country on the face of the planet. And, um, and again, I, I dare people to go, if, if you don't like this country and you think it's socialism and all that, then I, you call Massey, call his, uh, his podcast, and, or email him, or I don't even know. I'm not very high tech. Whatever. We always have it on there. Okay. Um, tell him that you, wanna, you don't like America, and I will personally give you a ticket to wherever you'd like to go. I'll send you to Venezuela. I'll tell you, you can go there. The caveat is you have to stay there for one year and you're not going to stay at the Hotel Tamanaco. You're going to put, you're going to stay in where the people are. The, the people in Venezuela, they're losing every, anywhere from 20 to 40 pounds. They're eating out of garbage cans. They, I mean, it is incredible. People have, we are so beyond blessed here in the United States. And, uh, you know, if we continue to become apathetic, disengaged, disinterested, and you lose America... Where do you go from here? Everybody in the world wants to come here. And don't listen to the media that says, oh, everybody overseas thinks we're nuts. Let me, I promise you this. I have lived it. I've heard it. My, my dad was the, he was like the middleman between the company and the government. So I heard it from the government, from people in the hierarchies to presidents of countries. They pray that America doesn't go down the toilet. Because we are their only, we are the beacon of light. We are their hope. And when in Madagascar, when I when I lived in Madagascar, it was years ago when they had Easy Rider. 
all the Malgash would, they would be, not all of them, but a lot of them, would get on their little tiny little scooters and they would sit on the very, very back and they would pretend they were easy rider. You know, they, everything, the American flag on their jackets, they're, they're always wanting to be, what would it be like to come to America? And we take it for granted. We're in this bubble and we think that's not going to happen here. Wake up and take what's rightfully yours. You know, we have so much hope here. I really have a lot of hope. Amen. And uh, I do. I have an incredible amount of hope because I see, you know, you can either look at the glass half full or half empty. And unfortunately, if you look at the glass half empty, then it's going to be a doom and gloom Eeyore kind of day. And I love Eeyore, but, you know, I'd like to be a Winnie the Pooh and a Piglet kind of day, you know, Piglet with everything was great. And, and uh, now we can't be, you know, you know, silly to not be real either. But if you, you have to first assess yourself to what is really important to me? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What, what is my legacy? And, you know, to my family and, um, and be grateful that you live in America. And if you have those kind of, you know, talks to yourself, I promise you, and you know, iron sharpens iron. Um, you know, I'm just very grateful to be with Massey all the time because you always uplift me and carry your, you know, your amazing family. And I'm just really proud of what you're doing. Mm. And, and I'm humbled to even be here today. But, um, but if we look at the glass half full, thank God for the blessings. If you just look at your blessings... You're gonna be. You're not gonna worry about all the other piddly stuff because there's always somebody worse off than you, and we can go down that road. But be grateful that you live on the best country in the face of the planet. Amen. Because I have lived every country I've lived in. There's been a coup. I have lived where in in Equatorial Guinea. There's right now Cameroon is in the in the um, in the news right now. I've I've lived there, and there were days where I would not go to bed until my father came home. Because seven of my father's best friends, who were priests, were murdered by Masias Ingema because he said, "Oh, they're they're traitors." That's kind of like an Idi Amin. And so I've I've lived where there's submachine guys with you know submachine guns every you know twenty five feet, fifty feet. Um, you know we we just don't understand how blessed we are in this country, and. Um, so you do not want socialism. Trust me on that one. And, and you know, pretty soon you're going to run out of other people's money. And uh, and then you're going to be beholden to the government. And they're going to tax you to death. And, and they're gonna, you're going to have to work, you know, till, you know, for nine months out of the year just to pay for your taxes. And then you get maybe one month to even pay your bills because the rest of the stuff goes to what... I mean, it's just... It's insane. It really is insane. And, and we can get into another tangent with socialism on maybe another time, but... I would encourage everybody to educate yourself on truth and facts, not emotion, you know, or conjecture or your opinion. You are entitled to your opinion. You're just not entitled to your own facts. Amen. Amen. So, but God bless you. And, you know, because when we show up as Christians, we win. That's it. And that's the tagline of the, the win uh, outreach, the win ministry. I want to say ministry because you do hold God at the forefront. It really is a ministry. And I think what I'm taking more out of this is, honesty should bring change. Honesty should bring change. It's when honesty doesn't bring change, but it brings despair that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Honesty should always bring change. You got to be honest with what's going on in the country, but mm-hmm. there should always be hope. I mean, that's the, that's the time to change, mm-hmm. you know? 
And uh, Sue, I want to thank you for coming. Um, and we'll have you on again because there's just more issues that we want to cover. It was just so perfect how this lined up because you've been going out and getting the vote. You, you got your, RV, your, your, your bus. You're going out there from state to state, from city to city, uh, registering people to vote. I was just a part of this a couple weeks ago. Uh, we were in North Carolina getting the people out to vote and register and, and, and get that is the duty of every person. You can't do anything. Vote. Mm-hmm. Right. As long as you're <laughs> and I've got my opinions on voting. Right. I really do think you should be working, you know, because you have a stake in the game. But, you know, that's that that'll be for another time. Uh, I want to thank you. And then we're going to put the websites in the in the links here. So um, it's it's women impacting the nation dot org. Yes. Um, Trombino. Um, and there's other ministries we want to put on there, like David Barton's and stuff like that. And uh, so we just want to thank you for being a part of, of what we're doing. And, and we're honored to be a part of what you've been doing. Um, it's just kind of a divine thing that happened, you know. So thank you so much, guys. Tune in. Thank uh, you very much, man. Yeah, 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 I totally, totally. Been, Are you kidding? It's been amazing. You're, they're the one that you and your, you know, your ministry keeps me going. You're, you're uh, upbeat and you're positive and you pour into because your life, you know, you've poured life into me, so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Wow. Honor, right? Um, yeah. It means a lot. It does. And it's not that I don't think that. It's just it's cool to, you know, to see some kind of fruit in your life, you know, as a, as a, as a dad or as a, as a citizen and all these things. I think that there's, there's so much to do. And we have to trust the Lord mm-hmm. that he's, he's telling us to do the right thing. And well, so... Um, <clears throat> um, let me just say one thing, because I, I feel this right now, that that's why it's important that we, we can either be balcony people or basement people. We can be construction workers you or, know, demolitionists. or demolitionists. And that's what I think what's wrong right now is everybody, they don't have hope in their, in their heart, so they want to smash somebody else to make them lower you know, to what they feel. And we just really need to raise the bar because, you know, you, um, you can either, you know, well, anyway, I'm just, I'm going to say it. Say it. You have no idea how many people you have touched. And I've watched you, Massey, and I'm not saying this, you know, just because we're on your show, but you have three incredible kids. You have a great wife and, but you have stopped cycles in your life. And that's what we need to do is stop the cycle of, you know, we can say, oh, I'm not this because my dad or my mom, or I've been through this kind of stuff. But when you have hope in Christ, the old is gone away and the new has begun. And you have begun a great work. God has begun a great work, a huge work in you, but you have begun a great work in self-evident. And so, you know, so I just appreciate what you're doing around this country Amen. because it's huge. It's very needed again, because it's history, it's educating and that's how we're going to change this country. That's right. Yeah, yeah baby. Yeah. So guys tune into, go, go, and, and if you haven't done this yet, go on the website, the self evident truth.com. Um, it, it, you'll see a lot of different things. What's coming up next. You know, a lot of the speaking engagements we have, um, there's a lot of cool things that are happening on the horizon. Also, if you guys go on Patreon, it's uh, uh, patreon.com slash self evident ministries. You guys can subscribe to the podcast also our youtube page we share it all the time thank you for all of the negativity and the positivity man at least i know you're listening and at least i know you care god bless you guys we love you we'll see you soon